guess what day it is? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? <laughs> Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Huh? Huh? Anybody? Listen, guess what day it is? <laughs> oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Huh? Guess what today is? Huh? Hey, hey, listen, guess what today is? <laughs> guess what day it is? Hey, what day is it, Mike? Mike, 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 Mike. Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? It's hump day. Hump day! Hump, hump, hump day! It's Wednesday! Yeah. August the 4th already. Hard to believe. Yeah. A week from today, the kids go back to school. A week from today? One week from today. Teachers go back a week from yesterday. My, uh, I don't have any kids going back to school Isn't anymore. Isn't that nice? Uh, don't you feel old now? <laughs> I've felt old before. <laughs> Uh, actually, no, I don't feel old. I never have. I, ne- I don't know if I ever will. Well, aren't you lucky? Physically, maybe. Oh. Mentally, no. I don't feel like I've aged a oh. day. Well, me neither, but <laughs> I was physically, forget it. Maturity-wise, yes, I definitely am, don't feel old. <laughs> um, but Okay. That's your information for the tickets you're going to give away today. I know. Okay. I was looking at it. Cool. <laughs> So we are going to have a guest a little bit later on in the show. We are going to have a young man from Grovertown who has been doing some interviews of World War II veterans. And then he's been podcasting those on Facebook. Um, and I, 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 I'm guessing he's really coming to us to maybe try and find some additional World mm-hmm. War II veterans that he can get hooked up with and do interviews for. Right. But uh, that'll be coming on a little bit later on in the show this morning. So it should be kind of interesting. And yeah. then I will let you know ahead of time tomorrow, uh, Laura Mann's going to come in. We're going to talk about the Mayor's Month of Music because it kicks off on Friday night for the next five Fridays. Free music at River Park Square uh, every, every Friday evening. So we're going to talk about that. And then on Friday, we have Bob Yoder from Purdue Extension. They have several programs coming up. I know one of them coming up is for fruit growers and vegetable growers. Uh, so people like who grow fruits for their farm, for farm markets and that kind of stuff um, are going to be, it's going to be talking on Friday about these different programs that are available. So he will be our guest on Friday. And then next Monday... Last night, while I was at school board meeting, I was able to schedule Ted Brown, who will be with us. Um, He is head of the safety and security for the Plymouth Community School Corporation. So we're going to be talking about, you know, just a couple of days, the kids are back in school and um, talk about, you know, kind of some of the new security and safety things. And I know they now have which I can remember when Austin was there, had an ID card. Um, 
You yeah. didn't do much with it, really, yeah. but you had one. Sure. Like, if you wanted to get it into a, a game free, you had to show your ID card. But right. um, Ted was saying that now all students um, will have an ID card, and they are they started it, I guess, last year, but they're really encouraging the students to wear this ID card. And eventually that ID card would be something that if you went to the library at the school – no matter what school you're in, and checked out a library book, you would swipe your card, right? And it would have, you know, it would show that you've checked out this book. Or when you went to the cafeteria to buy your lunch, you'd swipe your card, right? And you know, it's kind of funny now that I think about it. I can remember back in elementary school, at Webster Elementary School. Um, I, I must have been every day of taking account. How many hot lunches do we have today? And you'd raise your hand if your parents had paid for hot lunch, mm-hmm. and then they'd count that. Right. And so a student from there would then trot down to, I don't know, the office or somewhere and give them a count of how many hot lunches we needed to have for the day. Um, and everybody else must have been going, you know, somewhere else. So um, it's like, okay, that's interesting. Um, and now we just swipe a card and it's all paid for you know i can remember going down on monday mornings you paid for your lunch account you'd pay like the for the whole week take mm-hmm. a check down yeah. and pay i don't know times have changed now you pay online your stu- your parents pay on put money in your account and all that but then yeah the card would swipe it out but um i also want to definitely kind of hit home a little bit about um stop problems stop stop arm safety on the buses when mm-hmm. he's there. Yeah. Um, I did get a hold of the sh- the sheriff's department. I really wanted to know if they could tell me how many stop arm violations were reported last school year, but they don't have a way to track that. Okay. So I suggested maybe they should <laughs> implement that for this coming school year. Um, just... I mean, it would be interesting. No, it's it's huge. I mean, the number is unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's almost every day. Especially, I hear more of them after school than before school. But like almost every day, somebody violates a stop arm, and so I definitely want to talk to Ted about you know that part of it. Too. Yeah. So, and like, when do you stop the school bus? Where, okay, where do we stop? You know, who's supposed to stop and all that kind of stuff. So, should be an interesting show. Yeah. And then on Tuesday, we'll have somebody from the county council. And then on Wednesday, August the 11th, it'll be the Marsh County Museum. So we're pretty full. Yeah. And I know, I think Thursday or Friday, I think probably we'll have the Reese Theater in because they're getting ready later this month to do their pulled pork barbecue fundraiser. And so they want to come in and talk about their fundraiser and sell some tickets. And they also... um, Definitely uh, want to talk about the project. Uh, you know, the bids came in. They were a lot higher than they knew they were going to be higher, but I don't know that they anticipated they were going to be over $500,000 higher oh, yeah. than what they yeah. thought. Yeah. And so, yeah, they they actually ultimately they need about $800,000 more dollars yeah. for that project. So we're going to talk, we'll talk with them about that too. Yeah, that price tag went up thanks to all yeah. the stuff. So. Yeah, definitely. So in the news, uh, I do want to talk. Yesterday, um, I happened to see a 
post on Facebook, and 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 I I, I knew there had been a fire. I, I you know, and I looked at it and said, "Oh, fire!" You know, usually they're nothing, right? Uh, but and so I didn't really investigate it. Well, then I thought, well, I better because I somebody said I, I saw a picture of a house fire, and I was like, "Okay, I better check this out." So I got my phone, checked the address out. And lo and behold, it was Brandon and Billy Treber. Mm-hmm. And about everybody in this community and surrounding community well, course, yeah. knows Billy Treber. She was head of the Boys and Girls Club for a buku number of years. Um, and their family was woken up yesterday morning about 2.30 in the morning. I actually went out to take pictures of the home yesterday afternoon. Um, and didn't realize, I mean, I saw a couple of guys out there, but I didn't realize. So I was taking pictures and then I saw somebody like looking and I said, Billy, it's Kathy from the radio station. Yeah. And so she came over and talked to us for a long time. And um, what they have lost everything. Yeah. I mean, they had three cars in the driveway that are a total loss too. Hmm. Um, uh so talking to her, before I tell you what the fire chief told me, talking to her, I asked her, I said, did your smoke alarm wake you up? And she goes, no, it was actually a loud boom. And she goes, you know how you wake up out of a sound sleep and you're like, you hear something. And so it's, the first thing you do is like, look out the window. Right. <laughs> and so she said she got up and she went to the window and, and she said the backyard was illuminated. And she said, did I leave the garage light on again? Right. They leave their back door open because they have cats. And right. so she thought she left the garage door open and that light was shining out there. So she didn't really see anything. So she went to the front and looked out that window and could see the flames coming out of the garage and getting on her vehicle. Mm. And at that point, she told her husband, the house is on fire mm -hmm. and we got to get out of here. So she grabbed one of the kids. He grabbed another daughter. And then their third daughter, her bedroom actually sits over the garage. And um, so they opened the door um, and her room had smoke in it. Um, but she was able to get out. She said they came down the stairs and they could see through the window on the front door flames. So they said, go out the back door. So they just turned and went down the hall and went out the back door. And the whole garage was on fire. Right. And to look at that yesterday... The bedroom that was above the garage is not even there anymore. It's all collapsed right. down into the into the garage. Um, the The whole second story is gone. The roof is totally gone. The whole second story is gone. Um, she did say on the first floor, no fire got into the first floor, and actually, not really any smoke damage. Yeah, but it has extensive water damage, and so you know I. Don't know what you can. I mean, yeah, if you had glassware, you know, right. that kind of stuff, you could probably save that. Once they determine that it's safe to get into the house, that the the upstairs isn't going to fall down on you, and into the basement, the same situation. That the first floor in the basement did not receive smoke and water, or smoke and fire damage, but it had extensive water damage, right. and so they have lost everything. Um. I know they 
all went down to her mom's in Argus. Um, but this is this home is on Cardinal Circle, so it's at King and Eleventh Road, the residential subdivision there. That's where Uncle Doug, Doug lives right, out yeah. in there. Um, and when you think about it, I mean, all their all their kids are all three girls are in school. School starts a week from today. Yeah. Backpacks, school clothes, school supplies. Besides everything else right. that that they have is just gone, and so fortunately they do have insurance, mm-hmm. and the insurance agent was there at seven thirty yesterday morning. But you know, you just don't. Okay, here's here's yeah. the money. Yeah. Your house was one hundred and seventy nine thousand dollars. Here's the money, and here is for your belongings or possessions and that kind of stuff. There's not that. Um, she says she's been overwhelmed by the outpouring of this community. Um, I mean, people have offered for the kids to stay with them. People have offered them a rental house. Somebody has a rental house. You know, mm-hmm. do you want to, you could stay in our rental house. I mean, people are, uh, her one daughter, I guess, it, it plays soccer, lost her soccer cleats. Right. They have to have 10 practices in before the first game. And... They only have 10 practices scheduled. And so um, I guess the girls on the soccer team were taking up a collection to buy her a new pair of cleats so that she can play soccer. And, you know, hopefully if she didn't get to the practice yesterday, hopefully the, you know, they can oversee that somehow so that she can play. But, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Uh, The Plymouth Fire Department was assisted by Bourbon and La Paz Fire Departments who brought tankers to the scene because this is a residential fire, so there's no hydrant there. You have right. to pump water to do that. And then the Argus Fire Department was there, and they brought an engine and a tanker. Fortunately, in all of this, there were no injuries. Right. The Treber family totally got out fine. The firefighters who battled that blaze in the morning, um, were no injuries there. Um, you know, Billy just said, basically, I'm just... We've lost everything, but that can all be replaced. We all got out right. safely, and that's the most important thing. Um, there, a friend of theirs has set up a GoFundMe for them, um, so that if you want to help that way, you can. Uh, if you're not inclined to do the online donation type thing, um, also the girls out at the park office are accepting donations for them too. So, just you know, just a horrible situation yeah. uh, when you think about it and all these years you know all these years that billy has taken care of how many thousand kids under her wing as the director at the boys and girls club and all those years of having to ask the community to help support the club right now the community needs to step up and help support this family uh, back in our community so that right. they can get a house and try and get some semblance of back to normal right. in a shorter period of time. So, Well, the need is immediate. I mean, yes, it's going to be taken yeah. care of. But. I mean, we got out of the house. Think about it. Okay, folks, think about it. You went to bed last night. You got the clothes on your back. What were you sleeping in? <laughs> Um, in my case, you know, I I wouldn't have any shoes to wear. Um, 
I, I would have a nightgown, and that is it. Nothing, well, yeah. a pair of underpants. You know, and other than that, you don't wait. You don't really fart around when your house is on fire of trying to, except for getting your kids and your pets out. That's, you know, right. the thing. So, you know, all of that can, and, and yes, some of it may be in there and be able, I said, Billy, the best thing would be if you had laundry in the washer and dryer, at least that, yeah. You know, you might still be able to right. <laughs> to salvage. But because in my house, that's usually how it is in my house. <laughs> I usually have a load in the washer and a load in the dryer. And yeah. So, you know, it would have been kind of protected. But, um, you know, they, they need it. They needed it. Started needing it yesterday. And, and the insurance co- company offered, you know, a motel for a few weeks. Sure. And, but she's like, School starts in a week. I don't want to be living in a motel for my kids to go to school. So, anyway, it's just so many people know the Trebers, and I just, you know, really want to make sure that folks understand um, that, you know, that this is your chance to help a family. If you had a, a child that was at the Boys and Girls Club while Billy was there, if each one of us would just donate $10. For every kid that is at that Boys and Girls Club, can you imagine how much money oh, yeah. we could raise to help them? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. So, um, pretty horrendous. There are some pictures on the website at am1050.com. Uh, also on our Facebook page that you can check out um, and and see the damage. I mean, it, it, was, it was really devastating when I got there and actually looked at it. I was like... You know, it, it to look at it, it made you wonder, like, how could anybody have gotten out of there alive in reality? Yeah. I mean, that just was shocking. Well, and nobody injured either. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that was, that was the hot news for today. <laughs> I really didn't even think about that until after I said it, until it came out of my mouth. And I was like, oh, that was... Probably not good, but yeah, there there you go. Yeah. Um, also in news today, uh, this happened on Friday, uh, about a le- about one o'clock in the morning. A, a deputy from the Marsh County Sheriff's Department uh, got a call that there was a subject that was un- an unwanted guest at a residence on Twenty C Road, north of Straight Road One Ten. This now this is at one o'clock in the morning on Friday. Uh, officers arrived in the 8,000 block of 20C Road, located two males visibly upset and injured. Um, they continued with their investigation, and finally, Officer Michael arrested 57-year-old Stephen Hensley of Argus. He was transported to the Marsh County Jail and booked in for domestic battery. And the, the mug shot of him... <laughs> he's got a big old patch on his bald head uh, that he must have got nailed in the head or whatever. It, it's very interesting because the press release, when it came out, it shows two more uh, offenders on there. But when okay. I looked at the booking sheet, they were not arrested. So they were involved in it. And so it'll depend on what the prosecutor wants to do. If he wants to bring in additional charges or or not, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting picture. 
Could you repeat where they can donate to the Trebers? Uh, you can donate to the Treber family through a GoFundMe account that has been set up. It's um, you just go to GoFundMe and then type in Trebers, T R E B E R apostrophe S House Fire Fundraiser, or you can drop off at the Plymouth Park office right there at the front of Centennial Park. Both Jenny and Abby um, are, are, are helping out uh, by having people donate there. So uh, the GoFundMe, they, they've set the, the, it's actually a friend, um, a neighbor friend who has set up this GoFundMe for them. And, um, you know, they've set it at $40,000, right? The last time I checked, it was right at $2,500 they've raised. But, and you don't get that money like today. Right. Either. So, I mean, no, you know, yeah. it, there's just a real need there now. I mean, I don't need, how do you get around? You just lost three vehicles. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've got insurance to cover the vehicles too, right. but it, it, that's just not, I mean, you just can't run out today and go buy a new vehicle. Mm, no. So, I mean, it's it's really just a mess for them. So. Yeah. And I did tell, tell Billy afterwards, I said, you know what, when this is all done and over with and you're relaxed, like six months down the road, I want you to come in and talk to our listeners about this experience yeah, and give them a heads up of what it entails when you lose things in a house fire and, and what you have to do for your insurance to, you know, right. cover everything. Yeah. So... Um, you know, it, it's, I don't think it's nearly as, oh, yep, you're insured. Here's the money. I, I think it's much more complicated than that, especially when it, to when you get into the items that you have inside your home. Right. And one thing about your house, but the rest of it, it's like, I think you have to get as detailed as. Oh, yeah. This child had 15 pairs of socks. And, you know, four pairs of shoes. And, I mean... Well, they always tell you to videotape everything yeah, you have and then yeah. keep that in a safe, a safe place, place somewhere. Yeah, so... Anyway, uh, just just a sad situation for the Treebers and such great people, so... Yeah. Okay, um, another arrest. This one actually happened about 1 o'clock on Saturday morning. Uh, Plymouth police were dispatched to William Street and South Michigan Street. This is right there by the Trinity Church on mm -hmm. South Michigan Street. Uh, they were to meet, excuse me, meet with a victim Sorry. of domestic, where a domestic battery had occurred earlier in the evening. This was one o'clock in the morning. Um, they did an investigation there and uh, ended up arresting 50-year-old Richard Milton, who lives at 914 South Michigan Street. Uh, he was placed under arrest uh, and charged with criminal confinement, which had a $1,500 cash bond, domestic battery in the presence of a child, and violation of home detention, which has no bond. So he, even if he could pay the 1500 to get out, he can't get out because he is on a uh, you know, home detention, which means you're not supposed to be doing 
doing bad things or getting in trouble while you're right. in home detention. Yeah. So, interesting case there. Um, <clears throat> yesterday morning, about just after 1 o'clock in the morning, off Paul Stamper with the Plymouth Police Department did a traffic stop at 3rd and Adams Street and found 52-year-old Fred L. Coleman Jr. of Plymouth uh, to be intoxicated. Um, he was driving and arrested and lodged in the Marshall County Jail on a $1,500 cash bond for OWI. Okay. Not a good thing. This was really a rest day yesterday for some reason. Got a lot of drunk, angry people out there, it sounds like. I, uh... <laughs> On Saturday, uh, just before midnight, uh, the Central Dispatch Center here in the county received a 911 call from a female in the 12,000 block of Walnut Hill Drive in Lakeville, advising she'd been assaulted by another female at that residence. So Officer Alia with the Sheriff's Department responded to the scene and began an investigation um, and while he was doing that investigation, he ended up arresting 27-year-old Kaylee Peterson of Granger for disorderly conduct and public intoxication. She was lodged in the Marshall County Jail on a $250 cash bond. Her bond was posted the next day, and uh, she was released. She will be in Marshall Superior Court Number 2 on August 17th for her initial hearing. A lot of drunk, angry people out there these days. Yes, there are. And then, now this one, I honestly, this one I just got yesterday. This actually came from Deputy Bennett with the Marshall County Sheriff's Department. He did a traffic stop a week ago Monday. So on July 26th. Okay. At 4 o'clock in the afternoon in the 300 block of West First Road up at La Paz. Um, they used the canine diesel, uh, and he alerted to the presence of narcotics. When they searched the vehicle, they located methamphetamine and drug paraphernalia. 59-year-old Dale Martin of Lakeville was arrested and booked into the Marsh County Jail for possession of methamphetamine and possession of paraphernalia. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You're almost 60 years old. It just kind of blows my mind. You know, mind. You're, you're never too old to start, Kathy. You're just never <laughs> yeah. too old. You know, you you, you got to get over that. I'm, you know, oh, I can't do this. I'm too old. No, you're never too you're old. never too old. Never too old to pursue your dreams. God, your dream. My dream is to be on meth. Yeah, well, you know. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to give you guys the COVID update uh, from yesterday. Here in Marshall County, we had 11 new cases confirmed on Tuesday's report. That brings the county's total to 6,376. No new deaths were reported. There were 24 individuals who were tested. The seven-day positivity rate for all of the tests in the county uh, is at 1.9%. Well, the seven-day positivity rate for the unique individuals in the county uh, is at 16.2%. So 
it continues to kind of creep up there in rays and uh like i think saint joe county and us are still blue on the map but i mean it's getting all around us now that everybody's going yellow so i can foresee in the future if something doesn't change uh, that we will probably go back to yellow, which does that mean I have to get my that you're going to have to get that trusty out. trusty I, form again that I says you can't don't have think meetings. I got rid of that. Where I hope not. Oh, it's somewhere in here. Oh, I think but, I put it up here. Yep, you did. Because I think it's in a plastic yep. sheet. Here we okay. go. Hey, it's my handy. Yes. So what does it mean? Yellow. COVID nineteen county metrics and requirements. Yellow. The county has a point score of 1.0 to 1.5 when percent positivity and new cases per 100,000 residents are combined. So in other words, you need a math degree to figure this out in the first place. <laughs> yes. There is a moderate community spread is what this is called. Moderate. Okay. All general requirements are in effect. Social gatherings of any kind, indoors or outdoors, are limited to 100. Ooh. Special seasonal or commercial event for which more than 100 people, i.e. Blueberry Festival, will be in attendance, must submit a plan to the local health department at least seven days in advance of the event, receive approval. This requirement is effective uh, November, well, this is dates from obviously way back. Oh, uh, yeah. Eva uh, evaluate the source of positive tests, undertake targeted testing, quarantine, and isolation, Local public health officials, health care providers, elected officials, school leadership, other key local leaders must convene regularly to discuss actions that could be implemented to decrease the spread of COVID in their communities. School officials should review plans for all extracurricular activities, <laughs> i.e. football, cross-country, tennis, soccer, and volleyball, and assemblies to ensure best mitigation practices are being followed. <clears throat> so that's yellow. You know, I'm going to say... If that yellow I, is still yellow. I mean, they, yeah, may, they have may have changed, changed the, the guidelines. I don't but know. that was the original yellow. You know, I'm going to say only because... And my granddaughter is going to play volleyball. Yes. And so we didn't get to watch her last year, only online. Um, but as big as the gymnasium is where they play volleyball, and if they would say, you know, okay... It, it, have a have a bigger break between the JV and the varsity. So if your child is playing on one or the other, each kid gets on the team five tickets, we'll say. I don't know. Because I don't know how many there's. I don't remember six, how they handled seven, it eight, last nine, year. Maybe ten kids on the team. Each kid gets five tickets. That's ten, you know, or that's um, 50 t people. There's enough room in there that you could social distance for volleyball because you don't get the attendance like you do at a football game. You uh, you have a variant here, too, because there are people who have been vaccinated who are much less at risk of both spreading and receiving the variant. So, so maybe I we imagine, have to have a, a vaccinated section and a non-vaccinated well, section. <laughs> they may go to the point of asking you to somehow show that you are vaccinated. If not, please wear a mask. Um, I'm sure that might be. I'm I'm totally pulling all this out of you know where. 
none of this is policy or oh, what's no, going yeah. to happen. Believe me, nobody in the universe consults me for any <laughs> kind of advice for anything. But if, you know, I imagine that'll be some kind of a thing. If you're vaccinated, yeah. you don't have as much worry, both spreading and receiving. <clears throat> like you said, it's not, I don't think they had any problem getting people that wanted to come to the volleyball no, oh, games right. in last year. Because what they, normally they don't open a whole side. Right. So and in there this would case, be they the ability, did. You know, to they can really, open the yeah. whole gym. If you do that, yeah. there's plenty of room for a volleyball match for everybody to get in that wants to and stay socially distant. Yeah. Um, but, and once again, when I talked to the uh, ADs around, um, when I did what I hoped was my final story on COVID and how they <laughs> dealt with it and what they got from it that they're going to keep and that kind of stuff, um, they all pretty much said fall and spring weren't as bad. Winter was awful. So far oh, as yeah. attendance oh, and yes. revenue, um, they really took a hit in the wintertime. Oh, huge. Um, the spring and the fall were not as good as they have been, but they didn't take a, a huge hit. But in the in the wintertime, they did. So that is kind of probably sports-wise what ADs are sitting here thinking, you know, if we can just get out of this yeah, by winter time so that we can we we don't you know right now i think they got a decent handle on how they want to because they've done it before but in the winter time you got to be looking yeah. at it thinking i don't know if we can handle another monetary hit like we're going to get you know and it and it definitely could be that if this continues into the basketball season that you know here are season ticket holders and I'm sorry, but this year we're going to spread you apart, you know, because you get a, a specific seat. This right. is your seat. And instead of having, you know, we may use every other bleacher to so we can spread right. apart from people or whatever. And there may not be the ability to have so many walk in the door by your ticket type people. Right. That uh, so well, that they can I, co I control some of that. That in the fall, they kind of did that. Uh, oh, in football they yeah. did. You had to purchase mm -hmm. a ticket before. You couldn't just show up at the door. And like, there, there. I know Dan and Crystal. Their names were on tape on the seats, so they yeah. knew exactly where they were to sit. And the thing about that too is that that was be well. The reason was because they had to show the health department that they didn't have any more than X number of mm -hmm. people. They had to prove how many people were in attendance there, and the only way to do that is to only allow people to buy them. Ahead, ahead of time, of time. Mm -hmm. so uh, you know. And then they knew that they were at that point, but uh, yeah, this will this will play havoc with all that. Well, do you? Obviously, you got kids that are going to need to and, wear masks in school again. And well, at this point, masks are optional. Yeah, at the Plymouth school system, it's recommended, but it's not mandated, so it is optional. If you want your child to wear a mask, they can wear a mask. If you don't want your child to wear a mask, they don't have to wear a mask. I know the schools are still going to push for social distancing. Um, and I do know the school, even if your child is old enough and been vaccinated, they are still, you know, recommending that your child wear a mask. 
the thing about this thing that's always bugged me the most is the possibility uh, of not having the slightest idea that you've got it because you have no Mm -hmm. symptoms and yet everybody you pass gets it from you. Yeah, that's the no thing. Clue. Yeah, that's the thing that that has bugged me from the beginning about this. Is one thing if if it's you, but if you have no clue that mm-hmm. you just gave it to somebody else, that that that's the the weird and tough part of all this. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, fortunately, though, I mean, I don't know that it would ever get tracked down to like, well, what's the common denominator? Right. Me. Yeah. I I don't have it. I you right. know. I'm not. I'm not sure if it'll ever get that way. Well, but, uh, you know, there are some people who didn't get tested until they were. I mean, because they had to. Somebody they knew had it. They got tested, found out they had it. Never knew. Never had a symptom. Never had anything. That's right. But they were yeah. positive because they came in contact with somebody that was positive and never. And think about it. If you didn't know. And yeah, you, you, and the, let's put the same thing. And you didn't know that person was was had. It was just somebody you met in passing. You never saw again. You never knew that they <laughs> they were positive. You would never know that you were positive if you ne- never. You're showed right. Somebody. You're right. The, and and that, so you're that walking has around happened. spreading yep. it everywhere, and you had no idea you'd ever even been in contact with it. You are right. So it's... I that's the part about this that becomes very weird and very difficult to deal with. Um, cause like I say, if I get it and I, you know, I, I have a certain set of religious beliefs. If I get it and I go, that's <laughs> the way I was supposed to go. That's not, you know, it's out of my hands, but I don't have a right. Like my dad used to say, you want to drink and drive and kill yourself? That's your choice. If you want to do that, you don't have the right to make that choice for other people. So you get behind that wheel and you don't kill yourself, I'll do it when you get home. Because you don't have a right to make that decision for everybody else that's out driving. Well, I don't have the right to make that decision for everybody who's out living their life because I, I'm i not wearing no mask. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Oh, I, yeah. To me, oh, that, yeah. that, is, that is kind of a, okay, I get it. My rights are being infringed on, but that person has a right to live too. And if I could cause them to not live, I think I'm going to take that precaution. Uh, yeah, I think I would too. And I, I think that, I think that's a selfish point of view to say I'm not going to do it because I don't want to do it. Well, maybe that other person wants to live. You know, maybe you won't have any problem whatsoever. But to think that you even had the possibility, <sighs> even if it's only a one percent possibility that your contact with somebody else would kill them. How would you? How can you live with yourself, thinking that's okay? Because well, I had my rights. That, I, yes, that's right. You no, know, I get it. Yep. I get it. I get it. But I that that still isn't justification in my mind for. You have a right to have a gun too. Keep it in a holster in public. Don't wave it around with the safety off. You know what I'm saying? I it's. A similar thing to me. Sure, it has a, not that much chance of going off, but uh, what if it does? Yeah. Why take a chance? I I don't know. I'm just just one of those stupid, idiotic sheep 
that has no brain or ability to function on his own. I, I'm one of those folks, I guess. At least I've been told that enough. Thank you. Good night. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we take our first break of the morning, and then when we come back, our guest is in the studio, so we'll have a little discussion. What do you want to give away first? Uh, you know what? You're in charge. The prize fairy is the one who speaks to you, not me. <laughs> it's just one of the voices I hear. Uh, I got a bag full of masks here for uh, oh. <laughs> caller number. No, you don't. No, I don't. Um, why don't we start with ice cream? Okay. Because I like ice cream. Ice cream. We've ice cream, got we all uh, scream for ice cream. Calvary Lutheran Church is having their. Uh, excuse me. I was just thinking about ice cream. Ice cream uh-huh. social and dinner. It's a ten dollar dinner. Yep. Get sloppy Joe homemade ice cream, chips, veggies, beverage. The, the whole, the whole the ice cream social comes thing. with either like pie yep. or uh, brownies or bars, and then of course your choice for some homemade ice homemade cream. Homemade ice that. cream. You Woo-hoo. can get an additional sandwich for a buck. But I've got two free tickets here. That's coming up Saturday, August seventh. It's this Saturday, four thirty to seven thirty. And we're going to give that to caller number seven at 936-4096. 936-4096. Caller seven is going to get two tickets to the Calvary Lutheran Church Ice Cream Social. The Belmart BP station at the corner of Michigan and Jefferson Streets in downtown Plymouth not only provides BP fuel to keep you moving down the road, but they can also keep you moving throughout the day. Some gas can cause nasty dirt deposits to build up on critical engine parts, dragging your fuel economy down and leading to unexpected trips to the mechanic. All grades of BP gasoline have Invigorator, a cleaning agent that helps defend your engine against dirt to give you more miles to the tank, and that means more easygoing for you. And how about the fuel you put in your own tank? The Belmart BP station has Gatorade Thirst Quencher, two for three fifty, or the new Baya Boost. It's a Wonder Water, a plant-based energy drink, two for four dollars. Check out the Belmart Coffee Bar with hypercaffeinated Jamaica Me Crazy, Blueberry Muffin, or Decaf Coffee. Plymouth Belmart BP opens at four a.m. for all you early birds. Our bodies work hard for us. They deserve attention and care. Now it's time to take care of yourself and schedule the elective surgery you've postponed. The doctors at St. Joseph Health System are ready to help you safely take that next step. We are here to help you enjoy your life, free from pain. Don't delay. Consult with your doctor to schedule your surgery. Do it for yourself, your loved ones, and get back to your best health. Go to sjmed.com doctors. Schedule your appointment today. FM 106.1 and AM 1050. WTCA. Radio the way it should be. It should be.
Let your voice be heard. Give us a call now at 574-936-4096 for What's Your Opinion? Now, back to Kathy and Rusty. Congratulations. Excuse me. There, that's better. Uh, congratulations to Tom. Tom is going to be All eating right. some ice cream. So And a Sloppy Joe. Yes, he is. Actually, I like Sloppy Joes, too. Oh, they're good. I like my Sloppy Joes. I don't know if I like everybody's Sloppy Joes, but I like mine. <laughs> sloppy uh, you Joe know, well, I, connoisseur here yeah, at the... You know, hamburger, ketchup, mustard, uh, brown sugar, little barbecue sauce, some um, Worcestershire sauce, um, some minced onion in there, salt and pepper. So you don't use Manwich? No, I don't. I used to use Manwich. I don't anymore. I just do my own thing. Okay. Yeah. No green pepper. Sometimes people put green pepper in sloppy Joe. And, no, no, no green, no green pepper. Okay. I know you like green pepper. Well, it's okay. Would I you put, put it in it your in sloppy dough? I don't usually. No. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. So do I pass inspection? Is yeah, that you okay? do. So Tom, congratulations! <laughs> Stop in here at the radio station and pick up your prize. <laughs> Two tickets. <laughs> Okay. All right. I told you earlier in the show, we have a guest in the studio with us this morning. We have Aiden Guzak with us, and Aiden is from Grovertown. Um, I guess, Aiden, I'm going to ask you if you just kind of introduce yourself, who you are, and uh, a little bit about yourself first. Okay. I'm Aiden Guzak. Um, I'm, I'm 16 years old. I'm from Grovertown, Indiana, and... I, I I like to interview World War II veterans. Okay. Did do you go to school? Uh no, I'm actually in an adult education program or okay. GED. Okay. Um so how how did you get started? I guess like and why did you pick World War II over some other, you know, war or whatever? How Well, I got the idea by thinking because I actually started Getting into the history of World War Two. Okay. Well, I actually started with the Holocaust first, and then I got into World War Two, and I started thinking, what would it be like to talk with a World War Two veteran? So my grandma, she knew one that went to her church, and she said, "Yeah, we could set, we could possibly set something up." And he would, he did it, did an interview with me, and it was a good one. And after that, I, I thought to myself, their history needs to be kept alive so i i i i decided to do more and then as many as i did i just fell in love with it okay so about how many have you done so far um i have interviewed about 35 world war ii veterans and two pearl harbor survivors wow and are uh, most of these people from here in northern indiana uh yeah northern indiana okay and how do you find them? Well, it's sometimes hard. <laughs> um, so I contact uh, VFWs, American Legions, um, sometimes, yeah, nursing homes, um, or go to, like, events or Veterans Day events. Okay. And um, how how is the reception when you contact them and say... You know, this is what I want to do. Um, you actually 
interview them and you you videotape those and then you can pot you podcast them you have a site and you podcast them up so other people can see that yes um are they are all of them receptive are most of them receptive to the idea have you had some people say, no, I really don't want to talk about it. I don't want to remember it. or Yeah, I've I've had veterans say no. Okay. And I totally understand. I mean, war, war is, is a hard thing to talk about. And, like, recently I, I was just met a World War II veteran who didn't want it, and I totally understood why he didn't want it. So can you tell us a little bit about maybe some of the things that you've learned from some of these guys? And, and, and actually, you've actually interviewed uh, a couple of women, I think, too, who have been involved. Uh, yeah, I've interviewed about two ladies. Um, one was down in Carmel, and then the other was Indianapolis. Okay. And what part did they play in World uh, War II? The, one lady was a nurse over in England while she was helping with the soldiers from d-day who were wounded and she was in the hospital working as a hospital person and she told me they would always carry gas masks just in case and they would have these buckets full of different kinds of limbs like legs and arms and she's yeah she's she's seen a lot of injuries and a lot of gruesome stuff I can imagine it. It has to be horrible. So, can you tell us? Um, I mean, are, are there some stories that stick in your mind really vividly that you can talk to us about? Yeah, yeah. A veteran I interviewed recently. He was a part of. Uh, he was on a LST, which is a landing ship tank, and he told me he was standing guard on it because this was after the war, and they captured about twenty thousand Japanese on the island of Okinawa and took it to the island of Peleliu. And and he saw the soldier writing in a, let's say, notebook. And he goes, where in the hell did you learn to write like that? And the soldier go, and the Japanese soldier speaks in complete English, UCLA. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So um, do they, do you... When they talk about it, uh, does it bring tears to their eyes, or some, do some uh, of them get emotional? Or sometimes, yes. One veteran I did interview had a hard time talking about it because he's he lost buddies during the Battle of the Bulge, and he lives right here in Plymouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you? I assume uh, going in, obviously, you just know this is a World War II veteran. You really don't know anything about them. So um, after you do that interview, I mean, do you like? Because you were talking about locations. So, I mean, yes. do you get the map out and, like, figure out where these people have been? So it's kind of like a geography lesson at the same time? Yeah. When I mostly call them the first time, I always ask, what What did you do during the war? Like, a, he get, gave me a little brief of what he did or what they did and where they served. So that's how I find out where. Okay. And, um... I, I assume you've been able to interview uh, veterans from all branches of the war? Yes, I've interviewed uh, Army, Air Force, Merchant Marine. Oh, yeah. My dad was a Merchant Marine in World War II. And next week I'll be interviewing a, a Marine Corps Corpsman who was on Iwo Jima. Wow. Wow. 
That's amazing. A corpsman had a really, really tough job. Mm-hmm. And and you're not getting anything out of this, except for the educational piece of it for you, just to... Yeah, and I like to keep their stories alive, because after they pass away, I mean, if they if their stories were forgotten, they would never be heard again. So... It's very, very, very important to keep history alive. It is. I know there there had been something. Gosh, it's been several years ago uh, when Joe Donnelly was in Washington D.C. I know there there was a a push to get this, and they had uh, people come around and interview willing veterans. Uh, just, and I think there might be some place out in Washington where there are recordings that. Uh, people giving their experiences but um did all of them did you have some good ex- people who actually ended up good experiences i mean like yeah it, people anybody that you interview at this point maybe fall in love and get married with somebody overseas or yeah most of them i've met they've gotten married some before and then some after the war i think that's the the one thing you know they all went in they were pretty young and the majority, huge majority, uh, were pretty young men yeah. who went in and really weren't sure what they were going to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those things that, and my uh, my dad uh, was a, a radio operator on a merchant ship um, in the Merchant Marine, so he was uh, on the water a lot, you know, going back and forth, and he t- would talk about going into different harbors and having, you know, the ship in front of him yeah. hit hit a mine and, and blow the front end off of it while his ship was carrying a whole bunch of ammunition on it. Mm-hmm. And if it had been his ship instead, it would have been a totally different outcome. Um, but the ages of these veterans then are basically in their 90s. Yeah, the when I, youngest veteran I did meet was 89. Well, two, actually. And then the oldest one I met first was 98, and he and he will be 103 in October. And, and, and the guy who turned will be 103 in October was actually my first World wow. War II veteran. Wow. So are you actively looking for more uh, veterans? Oh, yes. Well, due to the pandemic, I wasn't able to do it. <laughs> right. And it... It was it, it was a hard time because I I missed doing my hobby and yeah it was a hard time. If if uh, somebody has a World War II veteran that um, they know that might be willing to share an experience with you, how how do you get a, how do they get in contact with you? Uh, you can call my phone number or I can give you my uh, email address. Or Whichever what whatever you want our listeners to know, both both a contact number and then email. And I mean, is this something that you just? Are you a history buff? Oh, oh my gosh! I've been a history buff since probably since five. Yeah. But, but World War Two, I just stick with that for a while. Like I do study different subjects different wars sometimes but not much but world war ii is just the number one 
So for you know some of our listeners out there, can you can you give them a a little brief on on World War II? Okay, well, World War II started on September 1st, 1939, when the Germans invaded Poland. And the, it, World War II ended on, on September 2nd, 1945, when the Japanese signed the surren- surrender to end the war. But the Japanese did s- surrender on the, the 15th of August, and then they didn't sign a, a document document until the 2nd of September 1945. Uh, that I can, you know, it, we we've all heard about the different uh, portions of the war too and the um what our troops had to go through. Yeah. Uh the the terrible winters um uh, you know, the terrible treatments uh being captured did you, have you kept were you able to interview anybody who had been captured and Oh uh, yeah, I've interviewed uh well actually this the guy who I was a prisoner of war was actually a German World War II veteran. Mm. And he said the when he got captured the the camp was like a vacation. Really? <laughs> yeah, because he was only 14 when he was entered into the front lines cuz he was a part of the Hitler youth. Mm. And he didn't get into like 1944. So He's he was young. Oh my goodness! Man, that's pretty interesting. Are you finding more vets from from Europe or from uh, uh, the Pacific War? Um, mostly Europe. I have interviewed two guys who were in the North African campaign and the Italy campaign, and oh, Okinawa. Yeah. You, yeah, most mostly I yeah some mostly Europe. Mostly Europe. Mm-hmm. Now you said you're you're um, um, want to keep this alive. Have we gone? I. How do people watch these if they want to see oh, yeah. your work? How do they how do they see your work? Um, you can look up my YouTube channel. I have a playlist full of them. I I, I only have a, a like eight ten of my video interviews because I didn't start doing the video interviews until like 2019. Mm-hmm. So I mean I. Before that, I had a good memory of what they did. So, <laughs> and I also, if you want to hear stories, I have a Facebook page of all my interviews, and then an Instagram page with all my interviews. And I talk about World War Two. And if uh, what's your Facebook? How do they find you on Facebook? Um, the uh, face my face. It's a Facebook group. I I called it interviewing the greatest generation stories from Indiana World War Two veterans. Interviewing the greatest generation, and then interviewing the inter- interviewing Indiana World War II veterans. All right, I'm writing this down because somebody's <laughs> certainly going to ask somebody me. Somebody will ask. <laughs> now the YouTube channel. How do we find that? Do we just search uh, you or your name? Um, yeah, you can. Um, yeah, you, I, I could give you the names of the guys. And the girl, and one girl, uh, and then you could probably put that in YouTube, and they'd find the interview because. Well, we're thinking like for our listeners to yeah. be able to find if you, they would or be able to if find they wanted your, to see the list of interviews. Uh, yeah, I have a YouTube channel, but it's uh, I mean, it's mostly music, but I also oh, put okay. my put my interviews sure. in it. But it's a weird name, so I'd probably. <laughs> I'm, 
All righty. Well, I won't tell you, but I know this guy who's got a really weird email address about <laughs> randomly violent. Hey, that was back <laughs> in my that was back in my theater days. That was my production company. <laughs> so I I totally get where you're from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. strange stuff. Yeah. Well, are you calling me strange? No, no, no not me. Not at all. All right, thank you. So, uh, how about how long are the interviews when you sit down and talk with these people? Or? Well, the interviews depend on h- how long they actually served. And, I mean, some have lasted 10 minutes. Some have lasted over two hours. Goodness. Because if it lasts over two hours, they have lots of stories and yeah. they've been in the war more than a couple years. Well, and that's kind of, it's kind of neat to get those stories recorded somewhere yeah. Uh, for people i can did not the high school do yes um a program at the high school and it's at the museum at the museum um that you can go to the marsh county museum and they have a room up there because that's my dad was interviewed on on that one um by a student there at the high school so Mm -hmm. this is kind of the kind of the same situation uh trying to make sure that those stories don't go uh forgotten as these men and and few women um, are getting way up in age now, yeah, that they have some great stories to share, and um, you know, yeah, granted, some of the a lot of their memories aren't the greatest, but you know, if maybe we knew about those, maybe we could avoid um, war situations later on because we know how devastating it can be to a family or whatever. What sparked you to want to do this? I mean, you, did you just wake up one day and say, oh, I think I'm going to go interview World War II vets. I mean, what was it that spurred you to say, I'm I'm going to go do this? Um, Actually, I was with my grandma at the time, and I asked, well, I was wondering, what would it be like to talk with a World War II veteran? Mm-hmm. And she knew one, and I asked, maybe I could talk to him about his service and she said yeah I'll talk to him about it and she did and he said yeah he would talk to me and we I did an interview with him it was really good he showed me everything he did where he was it was yeah he was and these first ones I'm I'm assuming from before that they were just you didn't record these they were just verbal yeah yeah. I knew them by memory because I have a a really good memory but I knew I had to record them right when when did you start recording them um 2019 okay i mean the so when did you start actually doing the interviews uh july 13th 2017 oh been at this a while oh yes almost four years yeah you were young then if you're only 16 (laughs) now for crying out loud you're like just Okay, you should have been out riding your bicycle. But you're <laughs> wanting to interview veterans. That's pretty amazing. So, I, I mean, do you go hang out at the VFW every once in a while just to um, kind of hear stories? And not, not, not really. I, I mean, some. I've interviewed a couple World War II veterans from like the VFWs and American Legions, and. I mean, there's not a lot, a lot of them around in VFWs. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they're kind of getting up there to be, yeah, hanging out with their buds. And, yeah, uh, most of them, their buds aren't around even anymore. So, yeah. mm-hmm. it, it's pretty amazing. 
Um, but it, so I already have one contact for you. Somebody's already contacted yeah, me with I, some information yeah, for yep, you. I got that. Um, oh, I got a new one. Oh, you do? I got another one. <laughs> yes. Oh, I got, I got another, yeah, the guy at the front desk gave me a name. Yeah, I just, I just got another one. So um, I guess, you know, if people have ideas or suggestions um, for you um, to do interviews, they can contact us here and I will forward their information on uh, to you through your email um, so that, you know, we can save some of these stories because it's pretty neat. Any idea? I, I, okay, here's one. Have you ever talked with the Marshall County Veterans Service Officer to how many, I don't even know how many World War II veterans there are here in Marshall County or St. Joe County? Um, Yeah, I, th- I did, but they couldn't give out names no but could they get i mean any idea of how many are still surviving in our area well um i've interviewed let's see four or five in plymouth that's all i know of there could be more that i'm not no that i don't know i'll I'll bet there are and i'll bet our listeners will know well, our listeners Some know of everything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's that's pretty exciting because uh, obviously um, World War II veterans are dying every day. Yeah. Um, and many, so many. before they're gone to be able to get those stories to have, um, it really would be kind of interesting. To, Maybe with all your stories, you could actually create some kind of a book at some point. Yeah, or something. I have plan. I've wanted to write a book because I plan when I, to get, when I go into a co- college, I plan to become a World War II historian. I've already planned to make books, um, documentaries. Yeah, I've actually I actually know an author who actually writes books on her interviewing World War II veterans. So I just Googled up just to see, and I am on the uh, the National World War II Museum in New Orleans. Yeah, it's a new page, um, and it says there are 16 million World War II veterans, and 296 are dying every day. So as of right now, we only have 300 only 325,000. Well, when you consider it's all over the country, that's the not whole a lot country, of people. Yes. All over the world, too. Yeah. And you consider the number of people who are involved in that conflict, It's that's not a lot of people. Uh, no, it, it's the numbers are dwindling yeah, very, very quickly. And so, yeah, some of the veterans I've interviewed, they have passed on. And I never got to say goodbye, so sadly. Well, it's it's quite a quite a feat that you've been doing this, and you're only 16 years old for four years. is th- 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 kind of amazing. Well, I'm the only known young person who does this. Uh, I would say so because <laughs> I know a couple people who are adults who do this. Uh, yes. And okay. One guy who's actually famous. He, he wrote a book called The Rifle, and he has World War II veterans sign the rifle, oh. and he has probably interviewed over. 200 World War II veterans. And, I, and I'm reading his book he just re- released back in uh, June. It's, I mean, you sh- I mean, you should read it. It's yeah. something, you'd probably never hear stories like this. Interesting. So. Yeah. The- there, there is a really good book. I'll, I'll just throw it out here for you. You might want to take a look at it. Uh, Studs Terkel wrote a book called The Good War. 
If you have not read that, you might want to, because that is all it is. He went and inter- did exactly what you're doing and interviewed guys who had fought. Um, I think most of them were in the Pacific Theater. but uh, And it's just their stories, verbatim. He just uh, took what they told him, and it's just copied straight down. So uh, that might be interesting to you, too. I, lo- that was a- I love that book. It's a really, really good book. It gives you a really nice feel. Like you're saying, it's one thing to read it about this battle took place and you get the breakdown in a history book, but to hear somebody who was there tell the story of it is a completely different, uh, completely different thing. Yeah, Yeah, I'll have to check that book out. I've never heard of it. I I think you'd like. It's an old book. Uh, I'm an old guy, so. He's a history buff, too. Yeah. Um, it, Although he likes older history than that. I like ancient civilizations. So, you know, I, I, I'm I not going to get a chance to to interview Augustus no. Caesar at this point. But, yeah, that know, is that, pretty interesting yeah. history. Yeah. But sometimes it's interesting, sometimes eh. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm old. <laughs> so basically, you just want to kind of come on the radio and, and talk about what you're doing, but then... Also, let folks know that you are definitely looking for World War II veterans. Yes. Um, and it, it's in any field. So, I mean, even if it was, you know, the nurses that attended to the soldiers. Um, actually, didn't we have, even back in those days, some that were like te- women that were test pilots or yeah. something yeah. like that? Wave. Yeah, yeah. That's what they okay. Call it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that would be really interesting. If yeah, the could... women air forces was called Wave, and then the women in the Navy were called Wasp. And so, you know, if anybody would have any connections there, that would be very yeah. interesting for Aiden too to be able to locate them. Yeah, I do have a paper here. My grandma thought about this idea. Gave out a couple names and told about what they did. Sure. All right, so Bill Butler was the first World War II veteran I interviewed. He, he was 98 at the time. Now he'll be 103 in October. So he, he served from 1941 to 1944. He was in the North African campaign and the Italy campaign. He was a part of the I, I Company, 1st Armored Regiment, 1st Armored Division. He was an M4 Sherman driver, and most that's oh. the most popular tank out there. Mm-hmm. He was a part of Operation Torch, was the invasion of Algeria which was the start of Americans going into the North African campaign. Kasserine Pass was a big battle during the North African campaign when the Americans were going after Rommel, the Desert Fox. And yeah, and then Liberation, he was, in, he was on Anzio Beach, which was in January 44. And then he was stuck underground for about five months in a, and underground of Rome because and they and he liberate and his unit liberated Rome. Yeah, wow. And then I got a Pearl Harbor survivor, Jim DeWitt. He's the only one known in Indiana now. He, and he was 96 at the time. He's now 100. He turned 100, 100 a couple of months ago. He he served on the USS Antares, which was a merchant ship. I'm pretty sure. Um. He was a yeoman, second class, and his ship was going towards Pearl Harbor when they, when his ship spotted one of the Japanese midget submarines, which there were five of. Oh my goodness! And they they alerted the destroyer, the USS Ward, so they dropped the depth charges, and then the the midget submarine destroyed 
the s s sub, or the depth charges destroyed the sub, and his ship is the first ship probably to ever see the Japanese enemy on Pearl Harbor. And he's the last known survivor of his ship. That's pretty amazing. And then I, I got another one. Charlie Gardner, he's was not, he's 98, Syracuse, Indiana. He served from 1943 to 44. No, I mean 45. He was part of C Company, 86 Chemical Mortar Battalion, Third Army. He was part of the Normandy Campaign, Battle of the Bulge, and Crossing of the Remagen mm -hmm. Bridge. And he brought home many souvenirs, like a Nazi flag, um, and many other stuff. And then he, I interviewed him in May. And those are three of the stories, or veterans I've interviewed. Wow. Cool. Very interesting. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. My dad passed away in December, and so I've got a box of his stuff. And actually, I, I have his, like his military passport in this leather packet that has yeah. coins in it and, and dollars from the countries that he visited and um, his license for the radio operator stuff in it. And, you know, and it's like, I have it. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with it. Uh, maybe take it and have the frame shop frame some of that or wow. something. Um, because, it, you know, it's something that's old that, you know, most people don't have anymore, and I'm fortunate enough that he put it away in a, a box, and it sat in there all of these years. And uh, you know, you don't you you want to be able to share it with folks so that they know what's out there. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Well, Aiden, is there anything else? Um. Well, if you want to know about my hat, I was I was my I was given this hat by a World War II veteran I interviewed. His name was Howard pop he was out of uh hobart and he gave me this hat and i i i couldn't take it <laughs> i mean he's the world war ii veteran and i he said go ahead take it i'm like okay and he had it he had it sign it and then un, under my hat, hat i have many signatures of the veterans of I've the interviewed. other ones yeah. you've interviewed oh. and and I, I wear this hat to remember the men and women who served during World War II and also to remember the men and women I've interviewed. It has a, a lot of pins on it, too. Yes, those are mostly European uh, pins. Like, they were mostly battalions, or not battalions, divisions. Let's take my hat off and explain them to you. Okay, so... This one is the 9th Armored Division, which is which was the first armored division to cross the Rhine River in March of 1945. This was the Tank Destroyer Battalion pin. They had a tiger. Then 101st Airborne, that's one of the most famous airborne divisions. 82nd Airborne, another famous division. 29th Infantry Division. First Infantry Division, the big red one, and they made a movie about that. Oh, uh, First Armored Division, which the World War II veteran Bill Butler was a part of. The ni 95th Ar Ar uh, Infantry Division, known as the Iron Men of Metz. And then the third, the last one is the uh, Patton's Third Army logo. And where have you gotten those? I mean, is that like I a collector? I, I bought them online. Saying, okay, I didn't know if they have them out there like for collectors um uh, of world war ii buffs basically so do you read world war ii books oh, too? yeah and yeah yeah, mm -hmm. 
interesting. Yeah, it's di- I read about different topics. I read about battles. I read about uh, different other s- stuff you can think of of World War II. Um, have you been to the National Museum? No, I have not been to the Museum in New Orleans. I've been to the Memo- the World War II Memorial in D.C. and oh, I okay. re- that what what I did when I went there is I went around to every pillar and I saluted the state. I I, I wanted to do it secretly so nobody thought what in the world is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yeah, I have I do sometimes salute the veterans I've interviewed. Well, it, it, pretty interesting for a, a, a young man so young to be so involved and so knowledgeable. Yeah. Um, about well, leaving something for all of us. Yeah. Um, and for future young people like him. Yeah, we need. It would be nice to have more young people get involved. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't think young people understand what I do. They don't understand why I do this and why it's important. I think, like, adults know better than... Yeah. Did you have family members who were in World War II? Uh, yeah, my my uncle, uh, George Eli Halsey, he was a p- part of uh, the, four, I think it was 468th Anti-Aircraft Artillery. He was uh, stationed in Guam. But you never had the opportunity to sit and no, talk he, with him No, he he passed it. away about four years before I was born. Oh darn! Oh, well, it's pretty amazing. Um, to at your age to have an interest um, so deep as this, but yeah, I think we have a phone call. Yep, for we you. got a caller. Caller, you're on the now, air. Just so the caller know, and you know, I oh, got a question. yeah. What is your uh, opinion? If you can voice it on the air. Of people like Tabernacle taking a kneel for the uh, anthem. Uh, we're 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 in a an interview right now, Dwayne. We'll talk about that after our interview. Oh, okay. I wanted to ask him that. Oh, I, um, I don't know how to answer that. I don't pay attention to stuff like that. So I'm you sorry. can't. I'm sorry. I'm you sorry. can't hear him because we don't have a phone mic in there, but oh, okay. he he doesn't have an answer because he doesn't pay attention to that kind of stuff. Uh. Okay? Okay. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Well, Aiden, we want to thank you for coming in and spending time with us. Yeah, um, no problem. You leave our, uh, your phone mail. Yeah, or your phone mail, your email and your phone number uh, with us. And if anybody out there has an idea of somebody from World War II that Aiden might be able to interview, um, let us know. You can drop WTCA uh, an email at WTCA at am1050.com or you can give us a call here in the radio station at 936-4096. Very good. Thank you, All sir. Right, thanks. Oh, yeah, Appreciate no problem. It. Anytime. All right, I got something to give away. Okay. Uh, and I'll do that here as soon as I find it. Oh, here it is. Uh, we're going to the zoo. Or somebody's going to the zoo. We're not. Yeah, we live in the zoo. We, yeah, what are you we, talking we about? We live in this zoo. Uh, we have parking, and we have passes for four. So uh, if uh, you would like to go to the zoo, go to the zoo, zoo, zoo. I have a feeling that song's going to pop up here in a minute. But if you want to go to the zoo, hang on, i got to get the dice that are rolling all over the studio. Uh, you need to be caller number 4 
936-4096. Caller 4. Getting four passes to the Indianapolis Zoo and free parking pass. So, good luck. When you want to know what's going on in Marshall County, just reach for the Pilot News. Local government, people, and places. Since 1851, the Pilot News has been Marshall County's only daily local newspaper. So when you want to know what's happening around town, pick up the Pilot News. Call 936-3101 today and have everything in Marshall County delivered to your doorstep. The Pilot News. Oh, according to research, 82% of people remember radio ads. So, 82% of you listening will remember that this is an ad for ZipRecruiter. 82% of you will note that if you're hiring, ZipRecruiter finds qualified people for your job. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And 82% of you will remember that you can try ZipRecruiter for free. But you have to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Yes, free. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Yeah. We found your name and your social number in the state of Texas, okay? Oh. And it's been using in a fraudulent activities. And I believe you know very well about drug trafficking and money laundering, right? Well, not very much. I'm 70 years old. I don't know anything about that stuff. In these difficult times, scammers are taking advantage of the elderly and other vulnerable groups. They want your money. They want your personal information. They want control. Government agencies won't call, text, email, or contact you through social media and ask for your personal information, like your social security number, bank account information, or credit card number. Don't give out your personal or financial information to anyone who contacts you out of the blue. Avoid becoming the victim of a scam. Be smart. Just hang up the phone. The Marshall County Prosecutor's Office reminds residents not to get scammed. Your hometown station. FM 106.1 and AM 1050. WTCA. We're going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. How about you, you, you? You can come too, too, too. We're going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Mama's taking us to the zoo tomorrow, zoo tomorrow, zoo tomorrow. Mama's taking us to the zoo tomorrow. We can stay all day. We'll go to the zoo, zoo, zoo. How about you, you, you? You can come too, too, too. We're going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. See the elephant with a long trunk swinging, the great big ears and the long trunk swinging, sniffing up the peanuts and the long trunk swinging. We can stay all day. We're going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. How about you, 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 you can come too, 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 we're going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. See all the monkeys scritch, scritch, scratching, jumping all around and scritch, scritch, scratching, hanging by the long tail, scritch, scritch, scratching, we can stay all day, we're going to the zoo. Get your cell phone out and dial 574-936-4096 or text 574-307-6647 and be a part of the show. Now let's get back to What's Your Opinion on WTCA in Plymouth, Indiana. Jeannie's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Jeannie! Jeannie Culver is going to the zoo. Fantastic. Yes. Jeannie, thanks for listening. Thanks for playing our little game. And yeah. Have fun at the zoo down in Indianapolis. Um, 
Speaking of the zoo and animals in the zoo, um, floating, are you going to com- refer to me again? Or no. Is that, okay. All right. Floating, floating around on Facebook this morning, I see that one of my friends here in Marshall County was bitten by a bat last night on the arm and ended up in the emergency room, obviously. Um, received six shots around the bite wound. Goblin, goblin, J, G, L, O, B, U. Globulin. Globulin. Around the bite itself. And they said, she says, those hurt like an SOB. Oh, good. (laughs) And that's what she said, an SOB. Um, uh, Rabies vaccine in the right arm. That was easy peasy. Then another painful globulin shot in the left arm. Um, They gave them an antibiotic and a prescription for three additional vaccines that will be taken on day three, on day seven, and day 14. Yep. So, pretty scary. 9.30 at night. Well. Was outside bringing water jugs in when got grabbed. Uh, uh, says I was grabbed. Oh, she grabbed three water bottles and swung around to open the door and felt a piercing pain on her left lower arm. And then afterwards, a a loud flapping around her head. So I'm wondering if the bat maybe was sitting on the water jug. And when she moved it, that scared it. I don't know. That's pretty scary. I, and, of course, then it flew away, so there's no way to know given to be the, able to track with, that, you know, rabies or not. So she has to go through that protocol. Given the fact that Unbelievable. bats eat mosquitoes, I think it's probably more likely that she was enveloped in a cloud of oh, mosquitoes, mosquitoes and out there. the bat missed. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, I have seen... She said she thought, it thought but she, that she must have been a big, delicious mosquito. Yeah, I have I have uh, seen, I've seen a, a lot more bats this year than have I've you really? ever seen before. Wow. I, I knew there were a lot of them out where I live. I didn't well, realize... you live in the country, yeah. I didn't realize how many until a uh, couple of weeks ago, I'm walking the dog, right about the time you're talking about, and there were that's literally Lying everywhere. everywhere. A ah, ah. uh, couple of them dive bombed us, but not close as that. Um, but yeah, they were absolutely everywhere. And I know why, because the minute you walk outside my door, you are literally breathing mosquitoes. It is uh, I, you know, I walked horrible. Out, what, somewhere, Jim and I walked out to get in the car, wasn't at home, and I like walked, I swear, into a swarm of mosquitoes. Oh, and I'm everywhere. like, ah, that's easy to swat, do. Swatting it, and I didn't really want to open the car door because we, I didn't want him to go in the car door. You heard that's what right. happened to Bob out on the trail. Oh, yeah, he when got he his, had to run. Yeah, he got, they kicked him <laughs> out of there, and I was down that same spot in the trail. 
Oh. And I'm walking the dog the other night, and, and all of a sudden, I was attacked by something, and I woke up a few minutes later, there's a big giant mosquito in a leather jacket, and told me, you tell Bargus if he ever comes back here, we're going to kick his butt, and flew away. So, you know. Interesting. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, Rusty. You didn't hear a That's word what I they said, told him. Going to kick his butt and make it. <laughs> That's what they told me. Bargus comes back here, we're kicking his, his butt. butt. Yeah. Threw me out of there. No, crazy. I'm not kidding you. I've, I'm 60 next month. I've never, never Oops. remember a summer that they are this bad. I mean, okay, you know where I live. Yep. Haven't really even noticed that there are mosquitoes out there. You know, and it's, I mean. Until this year. You live in the country, but not, of course, you do have a wetland behind say, you. I live in a wetlands. Oh, wow. I live in the middle of a wetlands. <laughs> it is, there There should be, and I was always astonished the years we've been there, that there were, it, mosquitoes were just not an issue. You hardly noticed them, but. But they are This an issue year, now. holy Toledo, they're making up for that. Uh, really quickly. That's amazing. Yeah, uh -huh. this year is worse than any year I've ever been alive that I can remember. Stay away from those mosquitoes. Which is, you know, think about that. Last summer couldn't have been a more perfect weather summer, and nobody could come out in it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was what I was thinking as baseball season was going by with no baseball. I'm thinking, you know... <laughs> I've coached in this this sport for almost 30 years. And there was never a spring in 30 years that was as perfect to play baseball in as, as there was a year ago. And I'm watching it all go by. Wasting with nothing, away. With nothing. I, and, and I know that Ryan Wolf talked to me about that. He says, I'm watching that and thinking, why aren't we playing? This is, per you know, for the first time, you're not wearing a winter coat in June and you're not fighting rain every single night. It was perfect <laughs> and nobody could come out. So this, the, the, the mosquitoes waited until this year. Yeah, planning, they waited from last year to this year. Planning their revenge on all of us. Totally sure of that. Totally sure of it. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. Um, I really have my news done. Okay. I do. I I will tell you though. I did post a story up to uh, our website because I thought it was interesting. I did the one, uh, not that long ago. Uh, for the second time in less than thirty days, the American Civil Liberties Union of Indiana has filed lawsuit on behalf of men who are currently incarcerated at the Miami County Correctional Facility. Once again. The men are kept in isolation isolation, and subject to brutal and dangerous conditions, suggesting a pattern of cruel and unusual punishment practiced inside the Philadelphia's restrictive housing use, unit. And it's kind of, I mean, it kind of sounds torturous. It'll be interesting. I'm going to try and follow this through and, and see where it goes. It's, but It's weird. Uh, that they're kept in darkness and if, that if, where the light shouldn't yeah. be, there's bare wires but hanging down. But if what they're describing is actual, you know what I'm saying? How does yes. anybody think you're going to get away with that? I, I don't know. It, it. I mean, that is... It's horrifying when well, you think about cruel it. cruel and unusual punishment. Yes. I mean, you know, I know that you... you you're not going to the Holiday Inn, but this is, you know, I, 
you see what I'm saying? I mean, it is a human being. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they have live yes. electrical wires in the I that that just doesn't make well, any sense to me that anybody would think that would fly anywhere other than maybe oh, I don't know. One of the countries we're so proud of beating up on because they have no human rights. But yeah, that I don't know. That's just weird. I don't there's got to I guess what I'm saying is there's got to be more to this than what the yes. press releases are saying. Well, got you've got to, to think about it. I mean, look at all those lawsuits we had for overcrowding here right. in the Marsh County Jail. Right. And that, um, you and that, know, has kind of like not ended up in anything. And that's what I mean. I mean, there's just got to, I mean, we're here, but there's just got to be more to this than what we're we're hearing. And I, I, I would be interested to maybe know. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Hello? Hey, Rusty. It's Mark. Hey, how are you? Good. Hey, uh, I'm actually outside the studio. Are you? Have you guys eaten breakfast yet? Uh, I got my yogurt right here in front Kathy of me. Kathy has yogurt. All right. Well, I'm bringing in some cinnamon rolls for you guys. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So here I come. All right. <laughs> I have a. It's a. Uh, okay. <laughs> cinnamon yeah. roll delivery. Woo! I like that. Interesting. Hmm. Something's up. <laughs> Mark Lindsay like, brings his cinnamon rolls in the morning. Yes. Something's up. I don't know what it is, but I, I have a feeling we're going to find out here in just a moment. Uh, oh, by the way, there's a birthday here. Do you happen to know what that might Oh, I'll look at, I'll look at my lovely calendar and see what date that might be. I know that, that it, you know, it, uh, it seems that... It's all month long, but uh, I don't know. I I think I oh oh you brought okay he brought more than just cinnamon rolls he brought like <laughs> okay what are these he's getting prepared, he's getting prepared for, for today's for show yeah getting prepared for the show turn on that other mic there yeah we got what tire shine yeah it's Simonized it's oh. Simonized yeah oh, oh listen to Simonized yeah Rusty doesn't know nothing yeah. about Simonized yeah, Simonize your tires and then. Rusty, you have a problem with fog, so never fog. <laughs> Rusty, never fog. Rusty lives in the fog. What are but you talking reason, about? I, honestly, this the reason. Like, right, no, it's like Christmas. It's like car it's Christmas. That That's, is what I brought you guys. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. You went, you, went, you went to Rentown, didn't you? Diabetic yeah. <laughs> high over here. I can't eat this, so I'm going to eat vicariously through you guys. All right. So, and look at and look at you. I mean, you have really slimmed down because of your yeah. eating. So, but I want to, like, I want like today, Rusty. If you can save one for the show tonight, because I I want to <laughs> watch you eat this. Oh, I got you have to eat one. And I want you to describe like every bite you take, <laughs> so you can Mark Mark can live by your yeah, taste. Yeah. Do you mind? Is that all right? <laughs> I think I can take that punishment. And because I he'll I, suffer I, for I, you. I didn't I didn't get to the peel last night. That's okay. So <laughs> I had to I had to do rentown. You had to do rentown. All right. Um, well, um, I, I can I can suffer through so, that. So what's what's uh, on the agenda for the four uh, o'clock show? Joe and show? I right. Well, we're getting ready to go play golf right now. Oh. So that will be a uh, topic of discussion. I'm sure. Yeah. Ooh, I'm we'll sure. Ha- we'll have to think about this for tonight. 
like some golf sound effects. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Notice how she's always got such great ideas yeah. for me. Always oh, yeah. has Absolutely. such wonderful Coffee ideas. Songs. Here's what you need to do, Rusty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful yeah. ideas so, for me every day. Yeah, no, it's gonna. Uh, it's about to get real on the course, so we're looking forward to it. <laughs> Are you golfing for fun, or are you golfing in an event? They never, no, we're just golfing for fun. But they never every golf time for we fun. Golf, it's it's an event. Every are are you yeah. are you golfing in the Big Red Open? Do you golf? In no, there? we're not. No, uh, my uh, college roommate's daughter is getting married. By the way, congratulations, oh. Jessica. Uh, okay, she's getting married this weekend, so I'll be in Ohio. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Very good. Well. All right. Well, I'll. Uh, All right. Enjoy those. When I come in, they'll be filling me full of uh, insulin. Um, <laughs> Seriously, yeah. my blood sugar just buying these went up to 150. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm sure. Just yeah. being in the same room with that much is probably going to. And Rusty, uh, I know you like, and I got the I mix. Like the, I like the brown ones. I know, yeah. and I like the white. Yeah, so I like, you the, might I like the white ones more. And okay. Jim likes the car- caramel ones. In honor of you, I, I will probably have to eat a white Maybe one. Maybe you'll have to well, eat you can one eat, of each. Right, you can eat one early, but for this afternoon, if you don't mind okay. saving a white one. I'll save it. <laughs> That's one I would like to have. I'll save could, a white so. frosting one for yeah. you right. uh, to eat in front of you. Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Very good. Thanks. 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 By the way, you guys do a wonderful job. Love oh, listening well, to you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. See ya. See ya. <laughs> okay. Very good. Well. Um, that birthday was on the first. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a belated right, so it's one a belated now, birthday. Yeah, I forgot to put the number on there. Duh. Well, I mean, it would be helpful. Uh, maybe. It would be helpful. Anyway. All right. That was good. We waited for that news. Yeah, definitely. It was beneficial for us. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, why don't we play some music? You want to play music? Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll play music. Uh, There's music. And that means we got birthdays to uh, celebrate today. If you hear your name, you're going to be put in the hat for four cupcakes from La Dessert Cafe. Also, free small drink from the Coffee Lodge. Happy birthday on August the 1st to Plymouth head football coach John Barron, who I will probably be talking to here very soon. Uh, John, happy birthday to you. Yes. You're in, oh, you're in the hat. And that is our birthday today. Uh, get your birthday in here. You'll be eligible for our drawing on Friday for those prizes from La Dessert Cafe and also the Coffee Lodge. Anniversaries. Got one coming up. Don't have one today. So if you've got an anniversary this month, get it to us. We will put your name in the hat for 50 bucks from Deaton Clemens Van Gilder Funeral Home. Some lucky couple wins that prize at the end of the month. So make sure you're eligible for that. Now it's time for the trading post. You can buy, sell, trade, give away four items, four days, four free zones, our business radios items. You can also be booking something around your sale. Uh, so let's go shopping. Um, where did we go here? Okay. Uh, they're all turned around. They're all a mess. Gosh, who was in there last time? The Poplar Grove Church. <laughs> you located. were in there last time. The Poplar Grove Church is located between uh, Culver and Argus. They're going to hold their uh, annual rummage sale. It's uh, new location. Friday and Saturday. It's going to be at... 15182 Nutmeg Road in Plymouth. That's 15182 Nutmeg Road in Plymouth. Friday 8 to 4, Saturday 8 to noon. Lots of stuff. All goes to the Poplar Grove Church also. It's in a big barn on that property, so they're not going to have to take it in and out. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, uh, One of the members, church members, offered that space. It's a great idea. Um, And it's only three miles from the 
church's location, so you don't have oh. to travel too much farther. Yeah, it's a great idea. Um, I've also got five a five light ceiling fan, fifty two inches, twenty five bucks. Uh, two pair of Carhartt new jeans. They're fifty four by thirty. Uh, $15 each or two for 25 bucks. A Hoover wind tunnel vacuum, $30. Little Tykes turtle sandbox with sand and a lid, 20 bucks. You got interest in any of that, 936-6809. That's 936-6809. And 300-gallon overhead fuel tank. I was told yesterday, I got a text last night. At about six. Dad, did you bring that fuel tank? That on? had been sent at like this time yesterday. I have a son <laughs> named Benji who said, mm, Yeah, I could use 300 gallon tank for my beer. So there you go. Uh, you can have I, a great party out yeah, in the backyard. I mentioned that yesterday. And so he texted me saying, Yeah, great idea, Dad. Uh, so $150 if you want a 300 gallon overhead fuel tank. It would definitely take some work to clean that out I, to put beer in. Yeah, and I, I guess think. to some people that would be fuel. So uh, <laughs> 948-1148. That's 948-1148 if you want that 300-gallon fuel tank. And that is Trading Post for today. I do want to remind everybody that the Marshall County Health Department is open today, offering all three COVID-19 vaccines. Um, while, you know, you can make an appointment by going to www.ourshot.in.gov, they do take walk-ins. And the vaccine clinic is open today until noon. And then uh, this afternoon from 1.30 until 4 o'clock, the Marshall County Health Department is located at 510 West Adams Street in the Community Resource Center on the lower level. So don't forget that the vaccine, anybody age 12 and older is available to get a vaccine. Really good. And let's see. They are free of charge. If you do have insurance, they will take your insurance information and bill your insurance company for the administration only. Um, if you don't have insurance, they don't care. There will be no cost for, to you to get the vaccine. Come in anyway. Right. There so, you go. There you have it. All right. That's it. That's it. Uh, tomorrow. Where is my calendar? We have Mayor's Month of Music. Oh, that's right. Laura's going to be in tomorrow. <laughs> Laura Mann will be with us. That. Yeah. So um, that will be tomorrow. That starts at 9. Ready to go? We're out of here. We're out of here. We'll be back at 9 tomorrow. Have a great day. <laughs>